Welcome to Duct Tape and Paper Clips. I'm Nathan Hartswick. And I'm Annie Russell. This is the show where we rewatch, review, and ridicule every episode of MacGyver for the first time since our childhoods. That's right. And tonight we are breaking down season two, episode six. The title is Jack of Lies. Jack of Lies. Uh, it makes no sense, uh, but neither does the episode. Oh. Uh, we're going to find out how it holds up. But first, let's catch up a little. What's going on with you, Annie? What's going on with me? Much of the same. Um, I am still <laughs> cruising through Grant Chester, um, the show <laughs> that I mentioned. can't get used to that title. Week. It really sounds made up. It does not make sense. It literally <laughs> is like, let's show of two different words together um, and have that somehow make sense. Uh, yeah. So I'm, it's a I'm British still... show about a priest detective drunk. Yes. Yeah. Priest detective drunk. I am still watching it. It is um, serving its purpose uh, for <laughs> me. Um, so I, the other thing I'm watching, um, I'm very late to the party on this, but I never watched Rami. Should I know what that is? What is that? Rami Youssef's show. Um, oh, it's on yeah, yeah, Hulu. Yeah. Okay. Very, very good. And okay. I am very disappointed in myself that I have not oh. watched it until now. Um, it's great. The okay. writing is excellent. It's hilarious. Um, and the cast is great. There's a bunch of, I mean, it literally has everybody that you see and you're like, oh, that guy's in this. He's great. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. it's it, that kind of casting. I also want to shout out the music supervision is mm. excellent in this show, um, which is always like a big, it's the same uh, guy. And I just know this because I follow him on Twitter, but he did the music supervision for like High Fidelity and a bunch okay. of these other um, really cool shows. Cool Hulu uh, projects. Yes. And, uh, and he's great. So, I've been watching that. That was great. And I also watched uh, the film Nomadland, which I also highly recommend. Wow. All the recommendations right up top. Love it. I want to take your recommendations and then I throw them away and do whatever I want anyway, which uh, sometimes <laughs> involves watching something like all... 18 episodes of Agent Carter for no goddamn reason. Uh, Why would you do such a thing? I mean, it's a guilty pleasure. Kill me. <laughs> I, I, what was really fun about that show, uh, I don't know if you've seen any of it or not, but I, I, yeah. I got into it because, uh, you know, I've been watching WandaVision and it was like one of those like, oh, if you like WandaVision, there's like actually this other thing that's kind of like vaguely connected to it. Uh, so WandaVision is not something I have. You haven't seen it. I haven't seen. So no. is that something that's worth watching? Um, I mean, it's definitely a uh, higher production value than Agent Carter. Um, they've thrown a lot more at it sort of creatively and monetarily. Um, it's well done. And it's certainly, um, I have, I, I enjoyed the first six episodes more than I'm enjoying this back half. Um, but it's, it's well done. Um, and then the other thing I watched was Judas and the Black Messiah, which was great. Um, that I want to see. That's on my list as yep. well. I really wanted to watch Nomadland and I love Frances McDormand and mm -hmm. I will watch her in absolutely anything. Yeah. And I was really um, sort of refreshed by watching this film because it's sort of if people don't know the conceit of this, it's essentially um, about. Francis McDormand plays a character who's among a group of people who like RV and van it across the country and they mm. pick up odd jobs here and there and they sort of um, live this alternative lifestyle where yeah. they're they don't have a, like permanent, you know, housing anymore, although a lot of people are older and they've kind of come to this, you know, mm. through like 
trauma that they're processing and through different financial hardships that they've come under. So it's really interesting, but I was so refreshed by it because it showed like this person who is sort of like in this alternative lifestyle, but like she wasn't running away from a murder or, you Mm. know, it, it, there was, it was just like the subtleties of this like emotional journey that she was on. And it wasn't, it didn't have to be about some huge um, horrific uh, thing that had happened. But why would Batman become Batman unless (laughs) his parents were killed in an alley? Sometimes you become Batman by slowly growing apart, Nathan. <laughs> okay, all right. I would love to see that origin version because I feel like we've seen the other one a thousand times. Like uh, sometimes I ha- I was joking with a friend the other day that I love watching middle brow um, dramas about <laughs> two people slowly growing apart. Yeah. And <laughs> I and mean... He- you're a white lady. In, I know. Yeah. I know. Yeah. And he was like, oh, I have a recommendation for that. I actually just saw this great. That's like going to show up on your Netflix queue now. Films with strong female leads of people <laughs> slowly growing yeah, apart. Yeah, exactly. Just yep. like 40s. It, it really it, it would suggest that I'm in a different place in my life than I am, but uh, yeah, I yeah. still can't get enough of it. Oh, that's funny. Well, those are all great recommendations. I'm trying to think, is there anything per- like personally new going on in my life? Not really. I uh, I started wearing a smartwatch for the first time in my life. Which oh, is, what do you think? I'm enjoying it more than I thought I would. Um, mostly, I'm not a, like a data nerd, but it is interesting to be like to <laughs> to realize what I'm realizing is that even though I think I'm uh, I have like a terrible insomnia problem. I always sleep the same amount. It's just that I'm up for an hour or two in the middle of the night at different times, depending on. (laughs) So I'm like, oh, I'm always getting seven hours, but I'm just up for two hours in the middle of every night uh, at different times. So what what kind of information does it glean? Like, are you keeping track of like steps and things like that? It'll it'll do heart rate steps and like sort of of sleep patterns and stuff, which is cool. Um, And uh, and it's just been good. Like it has a couple of little nudges where it'll be like, hey, maybe you should get up from that desk, you fucking asshole. That's really helping. And, um, I don't know if, you know how you'll, you'll start a new thing and it'll be like, um, you'll start to feel like, oh, it's making me feel guilty for not exercising. So I'm going to exercise every day now. Mm. And then like after a week, you're like, I don't, I'm not a slave to this device. Fuck you. (laughs) You know, I I can dismiss this. Um, so I don't know if it's going to like stick, but we'll see. Yeah. I feel like it's a hard one, um, for me because I have a lot of like wellness habits that I'm pretty good about, honestly. I know you are. Yeah. I don't brag about it. Why don't you? (laughs) No, it's just, but, but the point I'm making is like, but when I had something like a Fitbit or when I was doing like tracking meticulously, um, I actually was not, um, doing as well and it stressed me out and I didn't really, yeah. Yeah. And I've, I've like deliberately kind of set a lot of those notifications at like the lowest level and the lowest expectations. So it's less invasive because I don't want it to be like a thing I am constantly obsessing over. Yeah, because you can get um, obsessive about numbers for yeah. sure. That's why I took I turned off that screen time thing on my phone yeah. at the beginning <laughs> That's of the, the pandemic because I just don't need to know yeah. right now. How is gonna... my weekly average going up every week of the pandemic? Yeah. How is that happening? We're going to just get through the pandemic and then maybe yeah. we can turn that back on. Yeah. <laughs> but right now, um, just, yeah. yeah, I'm scrolling through makeup tutorials on TikTok and Yep. fine. Like that's if that's fine. the worst thing I'm doing in my <laughs> life, like don't worry about it. Oh, that's great. 
All right. Well, let's get to our guest, shall we, in this episode? Yes. Let's start this show. She's a hilarious comedian. You've seen her on Conan. She has an excellent special out called Single Black Female. You can get on Amazon. And she can be seen on the recent HBO special, Colin Quinn and Friends, a parking lot comedy show. Please welcome our friend, Marina Franklin. Hi, Hello. Marina. Hi. How are you? Yay, you're here. It's great Yay. to have you. It's good to um, be there. Tell us what's <laughs> going on in your world lately. You're a busy, busy person. I am. To This weekend has been very busy. I, I mean, I'm at home. I haven't left my house in like a, <laughs> a, a month, probably. Mm-hmm. But for, it, it gets busy in your own space. And it's really weird. It's like, I kind of miss like having nothing to do in my own space. <laughs> but I, uh, I just finished an audition. I'm busy with my podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, my podcast became more like useful during the pandemic, you know, yeah. it's, it's called friends like us, which features women of color talking about topics. And I think it's a great time because people just need information about women of color and they need yeah. to hear women of color talking about it. So, um, we do feature a guy once a month. Uh, <laughs> I went on the road with Jim Gaffigan when the weather was nice and mm. I would do a couple of outdoor shows at the stand, but then, I realize, oh, I can't do that anymore and I need to be safe. Mm-hmm. So I just do virtual shows and I want to show also that um, the audience needs to be safe for themselves. They need to know that mm-hmm. this is the safe way to see comedy right now. And right. then also, so there's two documentaries, the FX documentary called Hysterical. Jessica Kirsten is the producer of this yeah. and that's coming out in April. And then the Patrice O'Neill documentary as well is coming out and I'm in that as wow. well. So yeah, a little busy. Yeah, that's a lot. And you did the Colin Quinn thing too. Did you do you did that over the summer too? Yeah. Yes. So that was a outdoor comedy show, parking lot driving. You know what? What do you need to come to a show like that with skill wise that you don't that you the average comedian doesn't have? Like, what's different about it? Well, the claps are horn hunks, <laughs> <laughs> and um, you know that was the biggest question when we when we dived into this was how are we going to get a reaction from yeah. our audience. How are we going to understand that they like our jokes? Yeah, it's it's even hard on Zoom, but especially in that um, parking lot setting, um, <laughs> was it throwing people off? Yeah, it was a lot of nerves and then like sort of responding to it. But I think after realizing that the, the corns, the honking would si- signify, you know, like, I like this joke and the flashing <laughs> of the lights, it actually helped mm-hmm. tremendously. And, and so... Chris DiStefano was the only one who was really upset because he was like, that was told after I went on. <laughs> so he was like, I okay. bombed because no one t- did that for me. And it was like, no, you bombed. You just bombed. <laughs> oh, he can handle it. Yeah, he he had a great set, actually. He yeah. was, we were just teasing him, but it was it was really less about the routine and more about how comics continue hanging out and still giving each other crap, you know? Right. Well, I imagine that at least it was that, right? At least you could hang out in a parking lot and bust each other's chops, right? Yes. Um, And that did happen. It didn't seem like we skipped a beat on that. (laughs) And I remember, like, Colin was the reason we were all there. Mm -hmm. And when he was on stage, they were all, like, trashing each other. I was like, Colin's on stage. You guys want to watch him? (laughs) (laughs) And also they captured that moment when I'm on stage and I was like, yeah, Colin asked us to do new jokes, which is such an asshole thing to do. (laughs) I mean, like, who's writing new? Where are we testing the material out in a real way? Right. Oh, man. 
That's tough. Well, so I got to ask, um, <laughs> before I asked you to do this, had you seen MacGyver <laughs> as a younger person or not? I had when I was like <clears throat> in like eighth grade and ninth and some of high school. And it took me back. <laughs> My friend called me and was like, what are you doing? Last night, my best friend was like, what are you doing? I was like, watching MacGyver. <laughs> she just fell out laughing. She was like, what? I was like, it's such a random thing to say. To say. I think I'm yeah. going to say that forever now. Yeah. <laughs> when someone asks me what I'm that doing. That's just when you don't right. want to tell someone what you're doing. Yeah. That's the response. Right. Watching oh, MacGyver. So what was your opinion of it when you were a kid? You know, as a kid, when I watched it, it was, I would often watch it with my stepfather who always responded to everything going, oh, boy. Man. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, look. Oh, boy. Look how he did that. Oh, boy. So it was like, it was exciting. And it, it took me back to watch it again. It was like nostalgic. I actually felt like I was home when I, I don't, I know that's a crazy thing to say, yeah. but I was watching it in my apartment in New York. And when I watched it, I was in Chicago on um, in my old, my home where I grew up. And I was like transported back there <laughs> and it was seemed, it seemed cool. Like right. all that stuff was like, yeah, this makes sense. This mm -hmm. is, <laughs> this, this, this could happen. And right. never was there a thought of like, oh, that's kind of cheesy or anything like yeah. that. Well, especially if you have like, you have someone <clears throat> next to you that you look up to who's like, isn't that awesome? <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Yeah, this is the right show for someone who likes to say, oh boy, at every single thing that happens. <laughs> this has really found the the meeting of those two. Yeah, I mean, things. it's a dad thing. I remember when I was a kid, we used to make fun of my dad because like my mom was a theater director and my sister and I were in all the plays and everything. So we knew it was all written and acted and we could see all the seams. But my dad was just a regular Joe and he we used to make fun of him because he'd, he'd laugh at all the right beats with all the like super predictable jokes and he'd like gasp when he was supposed to gasp. And we're like, dad, this is, you're falling for all of it, you know? But like, that's what these shows are made for. They're made yeah. for pop. It was, it was nice. It was kind of like, you know, aw. Yeah. I'm kind of into humor like this. It's just yeah. simple, you know? Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty fun and corny. Um, well, I can't wait to talk about this specific episode, uh, but why don't we refresh our memory uh, and have Annie read out a little summary of Jack of Lies. How's that sound? would be thrilled. MacGyver gets convinced by his old buddy prankster slash pilot Jack Dalton to fly to Central America and rescue a botanist who turned out to be their friend Michelle aka Mike Forrester. Jack has stolen the military's heroin by accident um, <laughs> and they're holding Mike hostage in order to get it back. MacGyver is motivated to help when Jack convinces him he is dying. Soon the group is surrounded and Jack sacrifices himself to save his friends the authorities believe jack has died in a plane crash but macgyver has reason to suspect it's just another prank awesome awesome well we like to talk about like the low-hanging fruit the big stuff whatever the first stuff you noticed was uh marina what was your kind of first impression of this episode <laughs> Well, you know, in this day and age of diversity, I first thing I, I noticed was I was like, oh, this would not fly. Not yeah. in this day and age. There were no I don't I mean, <clears throat> the only brown people were bad. And then I was like, oh, and I and I remember all of those actors. That's the funny thing is like mm. those type of actors defined 
characters for years later because I was like, oh yeah, like I remember that type of guy and that type of guy and the woman from the 80s who looked like a linebacker with her shoulder pads, <laughs> you know? So that was the first thing that hit me was like, this would not fly. All the brown characters, there was the one white guy that sort of like, I was like, did they know like we need to have like one white guy <laughs> who's bad, also bad? <laughs> like, did they know that? That was the first thing that, and then it was also like the apartment that was a that was also the first thing that hit me. It was like, who has that many shelves? <laughs> <laughs> he had a really like big a library. space <laughs> yeah. with a lot of shelves. And I was like, and he must not have a lot of clothes, because if you watch it, all of his stuff is taken. All of his furniture right. is gone. And I'm like, that would never work for me. Yeah, the guy would just go. It's just a mess. I can't transport all of her items. <laughs> <laughs> And I that stayed with me throughout the whole me too <laughs> thing was like how little of items he had and like well so what yeah. so you, what you haven't seen is the, is the preceding episodes where we get to see that that set dressed so oh, okay there was a shit ton of stuff in that apartment. I mean, it had a basketball hoop and an air hockey table and all this shit. So the idea that that, that one man has removed it all is ludicrous. Uh, yeah. It, it seemed like it would have taken 20 movers like three days to do that. Yeah. And it just, yeah, it, that and just, it was like very, very white. I was like, okay. <laughs> I was like, I haven't seen a very white sitcom in quite some time yeah which is a good thing <laughs> you know um yeah. but i just realized that as i was watching this i was like wow we think we haven't progressed but we have uh-huh yeah i mean very white very male you know there's always only ever one woman in an episode and it's you know it and they were like oh <laughs> thanks for the flowers that have <laughs> heroin in it <laughs> Even though she's supposed to be this like badass, like, <laughs> right, I mean, right. that that didn't track for me. I would say like big picture for me, like Jack is so chaotic. Like I <laughs> would have lost his number. Like as a friend, like right. this guy pops back in and is taking you on some like <laughs> goose chase yeah. and is like literally moving your stuff into a storage unit. Like, I would just be like, Jack is too much for me. Um, and it also reminded me of, it. so in college, some friends of mine did a prank similar to this with a friend's dorm room in that like they took everything out of his room, including the furniture and mm. set it up exactly the way it had been set up, like on like outside in front of his oh, door. So when Whoa. he came back it was literally arranged exactly that way <laughs> furniture computer everything mm -hmm. and he like started crying and hate oh, like no. he it did not go well <laughs> um and so i was thinking about that and i was like the fact that they're even trying this right now is is giving oh. me these flashbacks to how <laughs> shitty of a prank that is to do to someone it makes sense uh it is very inconvenient for someone to lose their life like this <laughs> Like I would need my contacts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'd be like, you took the, you took my solution. Like I don't have my glasses. Yeah. Yeah. There was no conversation about, you know, like my underwear. <laughs> like where's my underwear? I got to change. Yeah. 
I think also like the, the underlying scenario here is we need like to find out that Jack is a real prankster guy and he's a lot of fun and he's really unpredictable. And there are so many ways to show that. Like even just the, I, I liked the fact that he stood up on the rafters and did that thing where he's like, whoa, and he fell off and he was tied by the ankles, you know, like that would have been enough. He could have done that in Mac's apartment to show, oh, this guy's crazy, but he wouldn't have had to like remove everything. It was just such a unbelievable prank. Had, like, yeah. Yeah. And then you realize, oh my God, like this guy, this actor, and I haven't done my research on the actor in this, but I remember him in other things. He's got a longer IMDb history than I think any actor I've ever he's seen. He's been in, yeah, yeah he's been yeah. in everything. Like it's, it's wild. And I, I looked him up because I was like, where's that guy from? Um, he's in a million things, but the, the thing he's like, unfortunately known for now is that he did like pro Trump commercials for 2016. He no. like did oh, voiceover for that. And there is one, um, hero who was going on to every single one of his IMDB pages for everything he's ever been in and commenting and letting people know that wow. he's done Trump voiceovers. And wow. I was like, bad for this person because I would not have known that otherwise. Yeah. But he doesn't say he likes, he just did the voiceovers. I mean, you got to figure you don't do, you don't take a voiceover. For well, that, you don't take may that have been job. hard, <laughs> you know. It could have been like, you know, you don't strip, but then hey, <laughs> you know, if he had a long list and then all of a sudden that list stopped, it could be hard. Is it, it would, for anyone who's you're like giving him a lot? Of I know, credit. I'm just saying, I just, I just finished another show with someone who, who was like very conservative, and I just I yelled at them so hard, so maybe that's why. But yeah, um, <laughs> I am giving him credit. But you know, it's just so sad that you can. The old people that I would watch, like you said, in the eighties, mm. like Charleston Heston, Clint mm -hmm. Eastwood. You know, you just you find out where they lie politically, yeah. and you go, I used to like what you did, but I don't <laughs> like you. In this case, I also didn't like Jack at all. I was, I was like, I thought it was, was just funny. like, I wouldn't be friends with this person. This is a, like, he's lying about everything. You never really know what's going on. And he's, he's got this heroin scheme going on. Um, it's just, yeah, I, I, I liked his acting. I, I thought the characters kind of was like, had a lot of holes but yeah. I loved I did think that it was very great that he actually hinted at the fact that this this episode was bad. Correct. <laughs> he Correct. has a line where yeah. he actually says it's a really crappy sitcom when you have like a drug deal and all this. And it's like, oh, that was pretty cool. <laughs> He's acknowledging within the story that it's yeah. bad. And that's a very comic <laughs> thing to do. And right. that was a thing that I was attracted to with him was I was like, he does have a very comic sensibility, mm -hmm. it, you know, that we're talking about the eighties. So, right. Right. And it's a, uh, I was thinking about this, uh, as I was watching it, I was like, Oh yeah. I remember that like in the eighties, wisecracking was like a big thing it was like, it was like, it's different than jokes. It's like, you know, cracking wise with your buddies was like a thing that that's the whole lethal weapon character, you know, that Mel Gibson plays is a wisecracker. Like that was supposed to be how you like, you stuck it to the man that you like crack wise all the time and couldn't take a, anything seriously. And, um, I actually wanted to read a little like thing to you. 
because uh, we've talked about this before, but I found a little piece of an interview that this guy, Bruce McGill, did in 2012 where they asked him about MacGyver and he talked about how he got the job. Uh, so he said, um, they had seen me in a Miami Vice episode where I played a pretty flamboyant character and what they were looking for on MacGyver was something to energize the sometimes laconic Richard Dean Anderson. <laughs> Hmm. We've talked about this. He's pretty like chill all the time. Yeah. He said, if you weren't careful, most of the guest stars would come in and they'd pick up his rhythm. He was very laid back. And if actors that are guests come in and pick that rhythm up, then you've got a scene that just sort of sits there. And that's not what they wanted in the show. They saw that I had a chance to stir him up a little. So they asked me to do it. So this is why he came and did this. This is why he did another 17, 16 episodes of this afterwards. He comes back again and again because he's like the guy who pokes MacGyver with a stick and gets him to be a, you know, an emotive human being. I mean, yeah, MacGyver as a character is very relaxed to the point where you're like, are you aware of the life threatening situation (laughs) that you're in right now? Yeah, there's no real. I mean, look. The moment where he kisses the girl, I forget her name, Mike, Mike, Mike. how can you forget her name? Her name's Mike. <laughs> I, I know. I guess that's why. Cause her name right. was Mike. Yeah. But, um, the way he like brings her flowers, that moment was so bad. Like so they weird. didn't have any energy the way they kissed. I was like, did this work for someone back then? Like, <laughs> does this look like chemistry? He also, he could have just shown up with that flower, but we watched him walk away from her and in real time, get a flower from the other room and then bring it back to her. It was very awkward. Do you remember how she said his name the first time when she found out he was coming though? That was shocking to me. (laughs) Um, When, well, when um, Jack comes back and and she's imprisoned, which by the way, there's a ton of holes in this entire thing because he just walks right back into where she's being held. And he, he, he lets her know, like, just so you know, I got MacGyver coming down here. Like, we're going to be fine. And then she's like, Mac, um, <laughs> in this way, t- that's like she's obsessed with him. Um, and then they're on screen together. And you're right. It's like nothing. It's yeah. their hero. Um, anything happens. There's no strength, really, from the woman. We only are informed that she's done all these crazy things in the past. But we don't see it. We just see her being pretty. And you, I felt kind of bad for her because you could kind of see the actress. You could actually see when you watch it now, the actress looked like she had more that she could have done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. But they just didn't give her anything. And I've been there as an actress where you're mm-hmm. in the scene and you're like, I would love to speak right now. <laughs> <laughs> I would just love to have a line. You want a female character who's like, a, you know, super strong, can go toe to toe with these two guys because she purportedly went all over the goddamn world with them. And then she just ends up being like a, you know, a prop. Yeah. Yeah. To the point where he leaves her tied up at one point when he runs off. She does like, say go. She says go. <laughs> but it's it's just like I know. that to me as an audience member, you're signaling to me she doesn't matter right. to the point where she can literally be detained and tied up in another location. <laughs> Everything can happen. Yep. We don't need her. We literally do not need her. I mean, she looked like she just finished baking cookies and then she just (laughs) (laughs) ended up. She doesn't look dirty at all. Her shirt, that shirt, that awful shirt. She had like a tunic, right? Like a tunic. It was a belted tunic. (laughs) So long. Running around with the belt on. Sorry.
belted tunic is going to stay with me for a long time. <laughs> uh, if we had episode titles, that would be this. Um, I would love to talk about a few of the things I liked. Um, I fucking love pop collar guy. I thought it was a hilarious character. The drug dealer with the pop collar, the bad guy, white guy. I was like, this is a poor man's Christian Slater. If I, ever I've seen one. It reminded me more of like a James Spader dude. Yeah, it's yeah. like the eighties asshole kind of guy. You love to see. You uh, love I just love the coked up, like, you know. And when he literally yelled, where's my smack? I was like, yeah, <laughs> totally. <laughs> you know what? Um, we're so used to in these episodes, people calling the drug by its its proper name that it was kind of nice <laughs> to see somebody use slang for a change. They're literally like, where's the heroin? The heroin's over here. Uh, also, the secret police guy, you talked, Marina, about in the beginning about how a lot of these actors are like, you've seen them before, you saw them through the 80s and stuff. Mr. Secret Policeman, uh, with the bad aim there, um, it, we've seen in a previous episode of MacGyver as a very similar character. Um, oh. I'm sure you remember this, Annie. He was in The Gauntlet as a South American colonel or something um, whose basically only job is to advance the plot. Um, So they were like, let's, we need another Hispanic guy. Well, why don't we just get this guy again? (laughs) So he had a great face. He also had a moment where he was out of character. I don't know if you caught it where he he laughs at um, Jack Uh and he's like right before they get on that plane at the end. Hmm. And he, I'm like, you're not supposed to laugh at his joke. (laughs) You just like threatened to kill people and like, That's funny. I like that he punched the, I like when he punched the bag with the, <laughs> the drug dealer in it. I thought that was funny. Yeah. Um, and then we never know what happens to that guy in the bag ever right, again. Right. <laughs> um, but the, I looked the character actors uh, up and his name is Gregory Sierra. Uh, and he just passed away last month, which is always sad mm. to look that, look things up and be like, Oh, yeah, he, I think he did something even up to, He's done a lot of TV and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. He had a really cool look, I thought. And I feel yeah. like I would have loved to have seen yeah, totally. anything else yeah. from him. <laughs> I mean, that line where he's like, when he hits her and he's like, my mother said never to hit oh, a woman. Oh, Jesus. Good thing. I don't listen to my mother. I was like, <laughs> was ooh, so where was the writer's room? Could you see the writer's room on that one? Right, right. I mean, they were all just like, this is gonna do it. Yeah, we need to let them know he's a bad guy. And uh, oh, well, hitting women, that's the best way to do it. Um, Yeah, dumb other little piece of casting thing. Again, I'm calling back to previous episodes, but Annie and I had to watch an episode of Knight Rider for this podcast. And uh, and the woman who played Mike in this uh, is like a very key recurring character. She's the tech person on Knight Rider, but not the episode we watched, Annie. It's like she she took one season off. And so that... That other lady was the tech lady. But for the other season, she's like the main gal there. Uh, so I thought that was kind of a funny crossover. There's a lot of crossover between all these shows. Um, and I loved when uh, when uh, Jack at the very end says goodbye to them when they're all tied up and he's about to go sacrifice himself. He kneels down to like hand them the Swiss Army knife and he's wearing chucks. He's wearing Converse <laughs> All-Stars with his like military fatigues. I'm like, that's just the actor being like, can I just wear my own shoes? And it just happens to bleed into the shot. It was so funny. Um, I do want to ask both of you this. Did you think that he died for real at any point in time? That was the part that kept me like, I was like, is he dying? Is he going to die? And then I don't know. I don't think he did. I don't know. So I, what I don't understand is why not one, not two different times it comes up, comes up in the episode that he's dying and nobody yeah. asks one follow-up. 
Why? Like, <laughs> no what's one it? says what's wrong. How long you got, man? Nothing. They just say, really? And he's like, really? <laughs> it's like, what, if someone told you they were dying, wouldn't you want like one more piece of information from them? <laughs> I love the slump over. Yeah, right. He, like he out. slumps over and he's like, this should tell you that I'm actually dying. Look at how tired I am in this one moment only. We could have started this episode with you showing up, pranking him a little bit and being like, hey, our friend's in trouble. And then, but they had to fake us out with the the asexual Mike name. I mean, there are a a thousand asexual names in the world. They had to pick Mike to really fake you out. So that, oh, it's a woman? Oh, my God. Um, Well, I'm embarrassed to say that it worked on me. And I thought he, not only did I think he was dying, but I thought that he was really flying the plane into a mountain. Like, I was just like, you know what? Um, This show is so dumb that they (laughs) might do that. Like, I, I felt like... Um, it was plausible because so many of the episodes we've watched so far have had every old friend of MacGyver Mm. die that I just assumed he was dying. And I, at the very end, when they sort of allude to it, I was like, what? Like that kind of got me. I was like, what? And not in a good way. I yeah, wasn't yeah, like, no. oh, you got me. Um, I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I actually re I, I don't know if you did this, but I actually restarted it. Yeah. In the beginning yeah. to see if I missed something. I was like, right. did, did I miss something? What? And then I saw the whole like, you know, like the eye thing, mm. you know, that when he lies, the one eye like kind of like goes crazy. Yeah. And it, the <laughs> that was the funniest part was when he said, yeah, no, I'm dying. And you see that the camera zooms in on his yeah. eye not moving <laughs> right. and then it zooms in again to make sure you know that. Yeah. No, we need to know. You need to know that the cue <laughs> it's not written. No one's saying anything, but if the eye doesn't move, he is dying. And then at the end, <laughs> so I'm like, well, the eye never moved. So I guess he is really dying and he's going to get on the plane. But then at the end, my guyver said some weird thing about like how he just like, you know, fabricates a story or the embellishes. Yeah. Yeah. Embellishes. Yeah. And I was just like, what does that mean? Exactly. I don't know, but you're right about the, the eye thing cracked me up. And every time I can see a director's choices, it cracks me up. Like you can see when he, when he twitches his eye later, when he is lying, you know, in the plane, he's like rubbing it. And like, you can just hear a director being like, we've really got to see that eye thing, man. We've got to see it. Cause the audience needs to know, like, they just don't trust their audience at all. Well, They, they had a conversation. How are we going to know right. <laughs> if Jack is a liar? How are we going to know when he's actually telling a truth? Like, what do you think? And then the, someone on the writer was like, I know a friend who right. every time he lied, he would do something with his eye. And that's it yeah that's great it's and it was really frustrating for me to watch that because i am someone who developed an eye twitch during the election season because (laughs) i i edit um like news stories and i was just so incredibly stressed out during the entire four-year trump presidency and then coming up on this election that i developed an eye twitch and i was watching this episode like no you get an eye twitch from no, lack yeah. of sleep and Stress increased and, cortisol yeah. production. Like you don't get it from lying about your own death. Like that's not a thing. Yeah, absolutely. I've I, had that I, eye twitch too. 
I, I get it sometimes. They say it's it's like a dietary thing too. It can so you're, be dietary. You're, lack, you're lacking something. Yeah. Dehydration, all kinds a of man. stuff. A man. I mean, so yeah. <laughs> to so to answer your question, Annie, when he did his eye didn't twitch, when he said I'm dying, I figured, okay, figured out a we- way to beat the lie detector. That's all it is. Like it's not it's not rocket science. But I what what was so odd in this episode is the penultimate scene where MacGyver goes running after the plane and the plane takes off and we get that nice big crane shot of MacGyver standing in the you know sandbox himself and then he basically just thanks jack to the to the empty sky and says yeah, thanks like, jack yeah. and he walks away there's this huge swell of a music cue and it feels like the end of the episode it's been said the best gift a man could ever give another was his life jack dalton was never one to settle for less than the best thank you jack So you're like, all right, I guess he's dead now. And then they add this coda on where it's like, hell, guess what? Maybe he's not. And that to me is just like, well, let's leave it open because we might want Bruce back, you know? But that's how they used to, you know, back in the day. It's TV. They used to end, even older movies, they used to end movies so abruptly. Yes. Mm -hmm. And as a kid, I actually remember crying to my mother like, I don't understand why it ended like that. What happens now? Are they going to go back together? Are they going to fall? And she was like, oh, Marina, you just have such a soft little heart. (laughs) But I used to get I used to get really upset with abrupt, abrupt endings like that, where there's no explanation. You just left yeah. To wonder. Well, you would not like season one of this show because <laughs> oh, only in season that, huh? two, only in season two, have they started adding like a closure like scene. And then season one, it's just like the end of the action scene is the end of the show. And sometimes you really don't. They, they leave some. Well, threads that's open. why I had to laugh when when Jack is like running off and he's mm. like, take care of each other. And I'm like, oh, we'll never see this female character again. Like they will <laughs> never speak. Oh, again. that's a good this, point. We're going to bring Jack back the, a billion times. But yeah, we're this never is see the again. end of yeah. uh, this woman on the show. Yeah. Oh, that's so sad. It would be great for them to, uh, for a sketch, to redo this show because it would be so funny in so many moments. You could have like, you know, all of the the people of color going, why am I playing this evil character like (laughs) this? And you could have like the woman character going, I would never like you. Like, (laughs) I don't know who put me in this blouse. It's ridiculous. It would just be so brilliant if they redid it <laughs> that eye moment would be perfect comedy uh, Just, so much of he's it is so fully funny. winking it's not yeah. twitching like it, i can't let this go oh <laughs> uh, well and he also like this guy i understand this is the comedic choices of the actor it's fine this is why they hired him he does funny voices he makes funny uh, accents he makes funny ch- kimosabi the kimosabi line i was going to mention that is like very <laughs> in, uh, very unfortunate there is kimosabi and then there was yeah the irish thing was like what the fuck are you doing and then <laughs> he was also i believe he also called his friend ombre which is like oh, yeah. Oh. yeah he does a little yeah a little mexican kind of accent um by the way denoto 
uh, is not a country. <laughs> um, they mentioned Denoto, Central America. I was thinking about it. I was like, well, that's dumb. There's no such country as Denoto. And then I was like, it's actually probably better that they didn't name a country. <laughs> that they're yeah. like, you know, at least we're not offending specific people. We're just generalizing. Yeah. What happened to the monks? The monks, hey, we got our thing, Annie, where we go 200 years back in time. And it's like we get these monks with this like old oh ass. Oh my God. Every time mural. they show a country outside of the US, it's you're back 200 years. <laughs> it's as if we're not in present day because it's this weird American, like pro USA, yeah. like America is the most advanced nation on earth. And like with the fucking wheel, wheelbarrow, really? Yeah. They don't have <laughs> access to a motorized anything <laughs> well they did uh, have a car but then yeah it didn't work right yeah. the truck was all broken down i don't know speaking of american exceptionalism if you caught the uh the jack line where he was like you know americans to look out for each other we're kind of like oh that, that way. my <laughs> that was the biggest one yeah where i was like that definitely wouldn't fly in 2021 <laughs> oh, at all oh, oh that that line right there should be played during a rally I mean, yeah. it was just so like, <laughs> it just stood out as, you know what, there was a time when people actually had that in their mind that if they went to another country, yeah, America would take care of them and they could mm -hmm. act a fool in other mm -hmm. countries. And, right. you know, you go to other countries and people are like, why do America, why are Americans so disrespectful? And why don't you know about our culture? You just come here. Mm -hmm. you, like when I go to Holland, they were like, you just come here and smoke our weed, but you don't do anything for the culture. Mm. And I was like, yeah, your weed's good though. And so like, <laughs> but that is exactly the, the idea that Americans had. And it mm. you don't realize it's even fed through TV shows and sitcoms, but right. it is. Right. Yeah. And it's not like I don't think they, they were setting out to make propaganda, but it was so baked into the culture that the propaganda just works its way into these storylines, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Not to mention it's like the pro-capitalism stuff, which is all over the place. And like anytime the show portrays a communist country, it's it's the most, um, you know, primitive thing. Like to, to look back now, you're just like, oh, this is like how people got information. And this mm -hmm. is like that fed into their worldview until there was midnight express <laughs> which was actually a true story and then they were like oh my god they did that to the american over there in in turkey <laughs> they just had a little little bit of weed oh look at god. his look at his story i gotta oh go back and watch god. that <laughs> what that can happen that only happened yeah. to one American, though. One American. Mm, one. <laughs> only one. <laughs> I feel like that was also part of it, though. Like, at a certain point, it it was like the horror story of, like, Americans abroad. Like, you mm. could be thrown in jail for anything. Like, you better <laughs> watch your back. Um, yeah, I mean, this is... Uh, so, any uh, any thoughts on any of the various MacGyverisms? We have, like... Uh, you know, he has that whole like booby trap thing at the end with the wine and the propeller and all that. We we jumpstart a truck with a cigarette box liner. Uh, uh, the 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 boing sound effect when the oh, the oxygen tank went out the window of the plane cracked my shit up. There were it wasn't a ton of invention in this episode, but we had a few. The those moments like that, I, I did find those really interesting because I was like, could I don't know if when I was younger and I watched it if I really understood or thought could this actually be you know like how how he would 
sprinkle water on light bulbs and then it was like <laughs> popping. I was like, I think that could actually work. <laughs> yeah, there weren't that many tricks. I did like that they implied that Jack drinks a lot of wine because I'm like, yeah, he does. Yeah. Like 100%. This guy has red wine lips uh, <laughs> all the time. What happened to the waitress that was the sister that really cared about the white people. I mean, who cares, Marina? Who cares? She said her line. Her story just went nowhere, right? She she helped once and then she helped MacGyver again sitting in a field and she was kind of sultry and and in that that one scene she she really liked MacGyver. Yeah, and then she vanished because she was no longer needed. (laughs) See, they had a connection. She should have been not. Totally did, yeah. They did have a connection, absolutely. (laughs) Uh, Again, we'll go back and make it. We'll make it again. That, yeah, there. I had a real problem with the thing where he like touches her chin affectionately. Oh, that annoyed and me that so shit much. Just, it's like there's something about that that's so possessive. You know, it's it's so, like, like childlike. It's like putting right, yeah. someone in a childlike yeah. mode. Yes. It's like I own you. I'm your ward. I'm your. No. You know, it's like yeah, it's like sexual. Very childlike. Also, childlike is the thing. You're a little girl. Right. You're not a yeah. woman. Right. You're a little girl, and you just you should just be happy. You're on this adventure in this movie. Right. Right, right. Along for the ride. Uh, All right. We got to take a break. Uh, When we return, we're going to find out more about what Marina is up to. And we're going to rate this episode on our scientific DTNP rating system. Stick around. We'll be right back. Enjoying this podcast? There's lots more you're missing out on. For just a few bucks, you can become a supporter of the Duct Tape and Paperclips Patreon. You'll get access to a special podcast feed with secret bonus content where Annie and Nathan break down related stuff like the MacGyver Simpsons episode, Richard Dean Anderson's TV movie work, and lots more. At a higher level, you can even join Annie and Nathan in the Zoom when they record their episodes live and meet the comedian guests. And of course, supporters get access to cool merch like stickers, pins, even a custom engraved Swiss Army knife. Sweet! So what are you waiting for? Head over to patreon.com slash the MacGyver pod and join up today. That's patreon.com slash the MacGyver pod. Thanks for your support. We're back with our guest, um, Marina, before we do our final segment here, um, well, you alluded to a bunch of the stuff you're doing up top in this episode, but is there anything specific that you want to plug? Where can people find you? What can they look out for? I would just say go to my website, marinafranklin.com. You can see my special now. I know you're all at home. Yeah. So go and check out Single Black Female. It's on Amazon Prime. It's on other platforms. So, and you could also listen to it. It's an it's an album as well. And um, on my website is also my podcast. So I would say those things. I mean, we have some really great guests. You do. Yeah. And I think it's really good that we have these real conversations with women right now. And specifically the episode that's coming out with is with Drew Dixon, who is part of the um, it's called on the record, which is a documentary about the sexual assault from Russell Simmons and how these women's stories really aren't heard because they're black women. Hmm. Um, But more so, what is the most powerful thing about it is it says what happens to the brilliance of women when they go away. And I don't see a lot of that in these Me Too stories. And I Hmm. think that's what we need to really dive into is why 
these women come out 30 years later, it's not just because they want, they don't want anything, but they've carried no. it. And so um, her story is great because she's, there's a long list. You can go on Spotify and hear Drew Dixon's influence on music with Mary J. Blige, Aretha Franklin, Whitney Houston, Kanye West, John Legend, and how this stopped her career. Hmm. Um, so it's a great conversation. I can't wait for people to hear it. That's great. Yeah. I can't wait to check that out. That's I was so interested in that idea that like the world is robbed of all this great art because people leave industries and like, yes, they lose a career, but also we lose all of the things that they would have created. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's great. Um, all right. Well, uh, let's, um, let's move on to our final segment here. It's time for it's classified. Yes, we are on a mission to figure out what the best episode of MacGyver is. So we are going to rate this episode. Yeah. Okay. This is a dumb uh, kind of rapid fire kind of game. Uh, we're going to rate this episode on a number of different uh, categories, starting with our guest. Uh, Marina, on a scale of one to 10, how exciting do you think this episode was? <laughs> oh, exciting. Oh, I don't want to be too mean, but I will give it a, <laughs> I, I, it wasn't exciting. No. no. So I would probably give it a, like a, uh, let me be nice and say four. Four, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because I was going to say three because it's yeah. not, ex there's nothing exciting except for nostalgic, but nostalgic mm. is a different rating. I think a four is fair. Uh, what yeah. about you, Annie? Yeah, I I agree. I was not um, very excited by this. It started with like a really inconvenient chore that MacGyver had to do, <laughs> which is like getting his stuff back. Like right, that not was exciting. not exciting. And then like the drug thing had no stakes and didn't feel real at all. Mm. So it just didn't didn't like keep me. Um, so I'm going to say three. Three. Great. Uh, yeah, I gotta agree. I think I'm trying to think of like moments where I was actually on the edge of my seat, them racing up and down that runway, refusing to take off while MacGyver put together an oxygen tank was not exciting to me. It was very <laughs> dull. I thought, yeah, and there was no real stress in the, in any of these situations, maybe yeah. hot wiring the truck. That one minute was like, I wonder what's going to happen. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to give it a four. I'm going to agree. Um, okay. So how well crafted was this on a scale of one to 10 Marina, like writing, editing, acting, all of that. You're an actor. Um, how well directed, acted, written do you think this was on a scale of one to 10? Well, I will give it probably, I'm going to stick with the fours, man. <laughs> I mean, cause you know, it's like, again, it's the eighties. So I'm going to give them a little bit of a forgiveness for mm. the time that they're in. Right. But I was mad at you. I'm going to be honest, Nate. <laughs> I was like, this motherfucker got me watching this white shit in my quarantine <laughs> right now. This. I mean, it was more of like humorous, though. Yeah. Mad. I, I wasn't really, really mad. I was like, <laughs> this white shit. I was like, well, I'm going back and watching these crackers like this. <laughs> but then I was like entertained in mm. 2021. I was actually entertained. So I'll give it a four. All right. All right. That's, uh, that's, I think that's reasonable. What about you, Annie? I don't, I, I don't know. Um, <laughs> because like, I just didn't understand why he needed to lie about dying to yeah. accomplish any oh, of this. All sorts of plot holes in this one. There's so many yeah. Holes. The plot holes were like, were just all over the place. There's no chemistry between him and this woman who allegedly they like 
almost got married or whatever. Mm. Um, so that didn't land, but the actor who we've discussed, um, who played Jack, like he, he did come through with some delivery on, on, you know, what he needed to do. Some entertainment value. Yeah. Yeah. So three, I guess is a long winded way of saying three. (laughs) Great. Love it. I realized I neglected to mention a particularly upsetting line that I wrote down because it went by so fast. I didn't catch it the first time. Um, he Jack says to MacGyver about Mike, what about Mike? You seen her in a while? You always were. And the line is warm for her form. Ooh. <laughs> I just I just went like, huh. <laughs> like, oh, I missed that. What kind of a phrase is warm for her form? I mean, I will say that I have heard people say that before in other 80s I've shit. Never it's heard not that. unique to this. It okay. is very it's a traumatic Oof. line to say but it is not unique to MacGyver. Well, uh uh it was it was new to me <laughs> um so well, you're learning things nathan even i know though this is i know favorite show um, but, but what do i do with learning. it annie i can't use it so now it's just in there <laughs> mm-hmm. all right i'm gonna give it i'm gonna go four as well this was like uh, i did think the entertainment value of jack was worth a few points but in general just this thing was full of holes um all right, now now we switched from uh, one to ten to one to five. So on a scale of one to five, Marina, how innovative was this episode? This is like the MacGyverisms that he does, the little thing inventions to get him out. Oh of trouble. well, yeah, yeah, no, it failed on all that, you know, because <laughs> you didn't like any of his. I inventions. was actually looking forward to because I remember. Mm. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> that being, I remember my stepfather going, "Oh boy!" And there was like, <laughs> I don't, I don't think my stepfather would have even gone, "Ooh." <laughs> yeah, you're kind of like on a scale of one to five. What would your stepfather have given it? A number <clears throat> a of one, boys. A one. It would have been a one. <laughs> one. I'm gonna, give, I'm gonna give it a one. Okay. All right. I like how hard you're being on this. It's good. Uh, what about you, Annie? Um, I'm gonna give it a two. There was nothing that I found impressive in okay. any way, um, <laughs> but there were a couple things that he did do. So mm-hmm. I guess I'll I'll give him two points yeah. for that. He yeah. is a white male, so he gets you, two. You points gotta get points for showing <laughs> up. So <laughs> he just comes out of a womb with points. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, you know what? Like, I'm gonna be really hard on this one because. Um, Sometimes MacGyver will be in a situation where there just isn't much opportunity for invention. And here, there could have been a thousand MacGyverisms in this in this scenario, in this setting. He could have been so innovative and inventive in his solutions here. And I just think they like kind of whiffed it here. Um, so I'm going to give this a two as well. Um, all right. So on a scale of one to five, uh, our, our last question here is uh, 80s cool factor. How cool was it in terms of sports cars, babes, uh, music? <laughs> well, it, yeah. I mean, like, look, as a black woman, I would I would say not that cool. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but <laughs> you, as you can see, MacGyver has uh, even up until 2021, people are still talking about MacGyver. So you got to give it its credit for that. Hmm. And they're even redoing it. I haven't watched the new one. So I would give that a four. Okay. All right. I feel like you're giving a lot of these points based on the show itself as opposed to this specific episode, but that's fine. Oh, you're talking about the specific, I thought you meant in general. Yeah, I mean, it, any, anything. There's, it doesn't matter. <laughs> there's no, there's no real purpose to this. Um, all well, right. Now I want to take mine down. You can do that. Go ahead. <laughs> the only reason I, I want people to be clear on not the specific episode. I'm saying MacGyver okay. in general. In general. Okay. I see. Yeah. I see. Mm-hmm. But so, how high would you rate this episode on a '80s cool factor? Like definitely a two. But okay. in general, like there's, you know, MacGyver yeah. is like. Come on, people say that to this day. They go, right. "Oh, you what are you doing, MacGyver shit?" You know, and you're like. 
<laughs> it lasted. Yeah, totally. Uh, what about you, Annie? I feel like you're, this isn't cool enough for you. You feel like I'm going to give it low. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I don't find this to be cool. Um, I'm trying to think if there was anything I thought was cool. Um, <laughs> I like that MacGyver has a wood stove in his apartment. That mm. to me is like, I'm, I'm all about the real estate aspect of things. I want to <laughs> know what people's houses are like always, but um, I'm going to say two. Okay. Um, uh, yeah. I mean, I think it's not very cool. There were some very eighties things about it. Like the fact that heroin was being transported into central American countries by, by plane in the middle of the night um, and all the wisecracking shit that was happening. Um, but I don't think even MacGyver wore, any aviator sunglasses and he was in a central American country. Uh, I'll give it a two. I'll give it a two. All right. Well, uh, there's some bonus as a bonus category or two here. It's just, uh, yes or no answers and they'll get more points. Uh, if the answer is yes. So does he help out an old friend in this episode? Yes. Yes, he does. Yeah. Um, so that gives him an extra five points. Uh, you could call his old friend, Mike or, uh, Jack or both. Um, uh, the next question is a little tricky. The next question is if he does help out an old friend, does that friend die? <laughs> I don't think you can make the case that Jack dies, even though they want you to believe that. I guess I know he doesn't die, but I really felt that he did. Like I, I, by, I felt like yeah. Jack died. Do you think we should d dock him a point or two? We should, because he also <laughs> on in the scene, he believes his friend is dead. And you yeah. see how he just casually is like, all right, thanks, buddy. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Yeah. That is very a no very point, tears. The whole purpose like, no of real right. emotion. No, he <laughs> salutes like, the yeah. sky. And <laughs> you're right. You're right. Hey. You're just. I mean, and that was a scene that when when Jack goes, you know, we're all dying. I'm just dying sooner than yeah, right. You are, and everyone's resolved. Everyone's yeah. like, all right, yeah. that's a good point. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Twenty Go years back. of friendship. I guess uh, it's over now. Um, yeah, the uh, that's a good point. The whole reason we invented this category was because it seems like. Nobody gives a shit if he helps somebody if they die at the end of the episode. So uh, we'll take the two points off. Sure. Um, this is going to be a low scoring episode, gang. Uh, uh, is he detained against his will uh, in this episode? I think he is, right? I'd say uh, yes, because yeah. he was tied up at one point. Okay. Yeah. So we got a five. Um, and uh, and the follow up to that is if he is uh, detained against his will, does his escape from that situation involve duct tape, paper clips, or a Swiss Army knife in any form? It does. Yeah. What did he do? He uses the knife to cut, cut them up. the rope. Oh, cut the rope with the, yeah, the whole booby trap thing, right? And he put tape on something. <laughs> put tape on something. Um, That's how right. low he the bar is for this show. Yeah. <laughs> he put tape on the woman character's mouth. <laughs> what? I mean, emotionally, yes, yeah, that's yeah, true. Right, right. <laughs> exactly right. That's oh, what he's like, God. I know where to use this tape. I know exactly how. It's the 80s, right? <laughs> oh my god all right after she was already by the way hit in the face <laughs> by a police officer or whatever what, and we don't no see a bruise one, right no one asks her if she's okay no oh this poor woman um give her her own show uh and nate where are you typing that stuff it sounds like you have like a macgyver <laughs> machine <laughs> And you're, oh, you're right. like, I very much do like this, uh, this retro keyboard I bought has oh like, it's clicking clacking like a old fashioned keyboard, which, uh, is very retro MacGyver if you, and uh, you do have a spreadsheet that you're putting I this do in have a spreadsheet. right now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, so that concludes it's classified. It's time to reveal the results out of a total possible 100 points. This episode receives, uh, 43 points, making it the second to worst episode of season two so far. <laughs> so the only thing worse than this is, is uh, last week's episode, Final Approach. 
Um, and the best episode so far of the season is The Wish Child, which is ludicrous because it's a terrible episode. Uh, I'm sure things will change as the thing goes along here. Uh, yeah. As we're wrapping up here, uh, any final thoughts from either one of you? Well, I would say that my final thought is thanks, Nate, for giving me a flashback <laughs> to where white America was with sitcoms. Um, oh. And, you know, I really didn't think we had. I, I was thinking we hadn't progressed. Well, we have. We yeah, we haven't pre- so progressed so much enough. better. I mean, yeah. we haven't. Pro- we've got so much more work to do, but mm-hmm. no longer are only the brown characters evil. Yeah. <laughs> and. Also, women are allowed to wear shirts that don't have shoulder pads in them anymore. <laughs> thank God. And, um, you know, that feathered look that she had, believe it or not, I had done that with my fro. Mm. So that took me back. So, yeah. So um, those are my final thoughts was thanks for taking me back to a time where, um, well, black people didn't exist. Thank you, Nate. <laughs> I mean, thanks. you're welcome. Slash. I apologize. <laughs> um, very sorry to put you through it, uh, but very glad you were w- with us. But I enjoyed it. it at some point. I was like, this is fine. I mean, that's uh, hey, I'm glad you got some entertainment value out of it. Annie, any final thoughts? Yeah, I'm certain we're never seeing Mike again. I think we've seen the last of her ever yeah. in this series. Sure. Um, and Jack, I'm like actually pissed to know he's coming back in this yeah, yeah. season. And I'm going to have to. I feel very similar to when uh, Pete made his first appearance or two and we were like, Oh, this character is so annoying, and we know he's going to become like a staple of this episode of of this show. You know, it's like oh, the other thing where Pete was just eating a burger and fries in the office back home. That <laughs> yeah, yeah, I yeah. did oh, like that, that because was... <laughs> oh my god, that was horrible. It was the saddest little burger. And then isn't there a comedian or improver that looks like the young, like he could be his son? I oh, forget. I know. I know you're talking, <laughs> talking about, about now. What's his name? I Please don't say know it. What his name is. But oh. I was like, oh, but there that's... is someone who looks just really. Like him. I'll find. I'll find it and I'll send it to you because oh, I was like, oh, okay. That's so funny. Um, yeah, I agree with you, Annie. I'm sort of dreading when Jack comes back. It'll be interesting to see. I'm dreading that, and I just love that now. Like Pete, like most of that guy Pete's character is like he's just a piece of shit, and he likes to eat yeah. junk food. And like <laughs> Thank that's God. all. Keep him at a see. desk. That's what I yeah, say. It's Never all put him we in the see field. of him is he's like eating yogurt, and he's like, "Gross, yogurt." <laughs> Like I'm done. I can't watch him anymore. (laughs) Uh, And, you know, knowing Jack Dalton comes back and Annie and I just uh, recorded a bonus episode about the new MacGyver. And there's a Jack Dalton in that who is very different. That actor must have had a great time. All he had to do was be in one room. Yeah. Act like he was on a phone. Oh, I know. Well, he they put him in the field sometimes, and he's terrible. Uh, so he's better in an office. Oh. Okay. <laughs> um, all right. That's it for this week. Thanks for listening, everybody. Don't forget to check out our website at themacgyverpod.com and all our socials and our Patreon. It's all at themacgyverpod. If you want to watch old episodes of the show along with us, you can check them out for free on Pluto TV or watch them on CBS All Access or Amazon Prime. Uh, join us next week when we'll be breaking down Season 2, Episode 7, The Road Not Taken. Take care, everybody. Remember, in the immortal words of our buddy Mac, friends Friends are are the adventures adventures of life. life. Amazing. Good night, everybody. Good night. (laughs)